This is Johnny, the chubby, Caucasian, Christian, closeted conservative. Some might say I'm everything wrong with the world, but don't take their word for it. Make up your own mind. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Chubby Caucasian Christian Closeted Conservative. Got my mom back here again with me today, and we're going to finish up the Joe Biden press conference. We're going to pick up right where we left off, right with that Russia question. But on Russia very quickly, it seemed like you said that you have assessed, you feel as though he will move in. Has this administration, have you determined whether President Putin plans to invade or move into Ukraine, as you said? Look, um, the only thing I'm confident Six months ago, if you would have asked me what this question, uh, what the bigger threat is, I would have said China. Today, I believe it is Russia. I do not think Putin is bluffing. I think he plans on attempting to reunite the former Soviet Union. Which side of the bed he gets up on in the morning as to exactly what he's going to do. And I think it is not irrational if he wanted to, to talk about. And he, just like my three-year-old, just like my little kid, he, Putin is going to take every ground that you give him. And then he's going to have to make a decision. Do I want a little bit more or am I okay here? He's already going to push. He's going to push the line. He's going to see what he can get. But if this virus was indeed started in a lab in China, haven't they already invaded us and, and yeah, the world? Biological warfare. Yeah, yes. I mean, you could say that. Is that you know, and we're going to do the Olympics? I mean, yeah. come on. No, what he is going to do. So the answer is, uh, but based on a number of criteria as to what he could do. For and example, to my liberal Larrys and Lindas out there, if Putin goes into Ukraine, Ukrainians are going to die. So I am sorry if I'm not going to focus all of my attention on trans, whatever transgender people are doing or COVID or whatever. Those Ukrainians are not going to care. They are going to die. It is going to be a bloody battle, a quick bloody battle. To the Ukrainians, we're talking about what's going on in both the, uh, the Baltic and the Black Sea, etc. There's a whole range of things that I'm sure he's trying to calculate how quickly he can do what he wants to do and what does he want to do. But I, he's not, he's an informed individual. And I'm sure, I'm not sure, I believe he's calculating what the immediate, short term, and the near term, and the long term consequences of Russia will be. And I don't think he's made up his mind yet. I want to ask you about your domestic agenda. You've gotten a lot of questions about voting rights, Mr. President, but I want to ask you about black voters, one of your most loyal constituencies. Yep. I was in Congressman Clyburn's district yesterday in South Carolina. Even though he gave a eulogy for the former Klansman, Robert Byrd, who, where he called him a mentor, he... Robert Byrd filibustered, spent 60 days, part of 60-day filibuster of... Civil, the I believe it was 1946 Civil Rights Act. Kamala Harris, during the presidential debate, when he, uh, Biden, did not want to support busing in the schools, and Kamala Harris said that he stopped 
if that would have went through, he would have stopped individuals like me from going to school. I started on the voting rights issues long, long ago. Well, she said she was the little girl. Little girl, yes. And uh, I think part of the problem is, uh, um, look, there's there's significant disagreement in every community on whether or not the timing of assertions made by people has been in the most timely way. So I'm sure that there are those who are saying that why didn't Biden push John Lewis bill as hard as he pushed it the last month. Why didn't he push it six months ago as hard as he did now? Um, uh, the fact is that there is um, <laughs> one one thousand, two one thousand, oh, three one thousand, four one thousand. <laughs> that is not of one's own choice. It's somewhat <laughs> dictated by events that are happening in country and around the world as to what the focus is. But part of the problem is, as well, I have not been out in the community nearly enough. I've been here an awful lot. And it's, find it's an election year, and I need to get out. <laughs> um, I don't get a chance to look people in the eye because of both COVID and... Well, he wasn't out when he was running either. No, basement bunker. I'm able to go out and do the things that I've always been able to do pretty well connect with people. Let them take a measure of my sincerity. Let them take a measure of who I am. For example, I mean, as I pointed out in South Carolina, um, you know, last time when I was chairman of the Judiciary Committee, I got the Voting Rights Act extended for 25 years, and I got Strom Thurmond to vote for it. That's what I've been doing my whole career. And so the idea that I, that that I didn't either anticipate or because I didn't speak to it as fervently as they want me to earlier. In the meantime, I was spending a lot of time, spent hours and hours and hours talking with my Robert colleagues on the Democratic side, trying to get them to agree that if in fact this occurred, if this push continued, that they would be there for John Lewis and anyway. so. Um, but I think that's that's a problem that is my own making by not communicating as much as I should have. Yet, you find that uh, when you deal with members of the Black Caucus and others in the, in the United States Congress, I still have very close working relationships. So it's like every community. I'm sure that there are those in the community and I'm a, I'm a big labor guy. I'm sure there's people in labor saying, why haven't I been able to do A, B, C, or D? So it's just going to take a little bit of time. You're, you put Vice President Harris in charge of voting rights. Are you satisfied with her work on this issue? That poor and woman. He has put her in charge of everything. That she will be your running mate in 2024, provided that you run again. Kamala, yes and yes. Thank you. Kamala was asked the same question, and she hesitated. That's expand. the question. Pardon me? Do you care to expand? On no, there's no need to. I mean, you know, I asked okay. the question. He, yeah. She's going to be my running mate. She's going to be run my running mate. Number one. Yes. Number if you two, can't come up with the answer like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris obviously can't, the correct answer is yes. Voting rights and the struggles you've had to unify your own party around voting rights. Unity was one of your key campaign promises. In fact, in your inaugural address, you said your yep. whole soul was in bringing America together, uniting our people. 
People heard the speech that you gave on voting rights in Georgia recently, in which you described those who are opposed to you to George Wallace and Jefferson Davis, and some people took exception to that. Yes, that was what a- do you say to those who were offended by your speech? And is this country more unified than it was no, when you first that was a office? very divisive speech. Anybody who listened to the speech, I did not say you at, they were going to be a George Wallace. Do you want to be on the side of Bill Connors and George Wallace? That is what you said. That is going to be marked just like it was then. You either voted on the side. That didn't make you George Wallace. No, that that's what you inferred, though. You did not vote for the Voting Rights Act back then. You were voting with those who agreed with Connor. Those who agreed with with. And, and so. And I, I think so what do we say about people who call Robert Byrd mentors? You notice I haven't attacked anybody publicly. Yeah, okay. Any senator, any 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 congressman publicly. And my disagreements with them have been made to them, communicate to them privately or in person with them. Uh, my desire still is look. I underestimated one very important thing. I never thought that one Republicans, like for example, I said they got very upset. I said there are 16 members of the present United States Senate who voted to extend the Voting Rights Act. Now, they got very offended by that. It wasn't an accusation, just stating a fact. What has changed? What happened? What happened? Why is there not a single Republican? Not one. That's not the Republican Party. So that's not an attack. Is the country more, unif- is the country more unified Great than when question. you first took office? No. Uh, the answer is, based on some of the stuff we've got done, I'd say yes, but it's not nearly unified as it should be. Look, I still contend, and... I know you'll is it your right to judge me by this. I still contend. <laughs> That's from Seinfeld. Is it your con- con- contention? Right. Yes, it is my contention. consensus in a democracy. You cannot sustain the democracy. And so this is a real test. Whether or not my, uh, my, my, uh, my counterpart in China is right or not when he says autocracies are the only thing that are going to prevail because democracies take too long to make decisions and countries are too divided. I believe we're going through one of those inflection points in history that occurs every several generations or even more than that, even more time than that, where things are changing almost regardless of any particular policy. Ronald Reagan said, freedom is only one generation away. We're going to see, if you heard me say this before, we're going to see more change in the next 10 years than we've saw in the last 50 years because of technology, because of fundamental alterations in alliances that are occurring, not because of any one individual, just because of the nature of things. And so I think you're going to see an awful lot of transition. And the question is, can we keep up with it? Can we maintain the democratic institutions that we have, not just here, but around the world? to be able to generate democratic consensus on how to proceed. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard, but it requires, it requires leadership to do it. And I'm not giving up on the prospect of being able to do that. 
Thank you. I just that think Peter there's Ducey? so much change. Thank you, sir. There are deep questions among Americans about the competence of government, from the messy rollout of 5G this week to the Afghanistan withdrawal to oh, testing on finally, Afghanistan done to restore Americans' faith in the competence of government. And are you satisfied by the How are you going to get the world to have confidence in America? Look, let's take Afghanistan. I know you all are Thank you. on that, which is yes. legitimate. We were spending a trillion dollars a week. I mean, a billion dollars a week in Afghanistan for 20 years. Raise your hand if you think anyone was going to be able to unify Afghanistan under one single government. It's I, been I, the don't, graveyard I, don't I knew he couldn't do it. For a solid reason. It is not susceptible. And there was a point where he said the Afghan army is going to fight back, the that they're a well-equipped army. Do I continue to spend that much money per week in the state of Afghanistan, knowing that it's been over a hundred days since we've left Afghan allies, American citizens behind enemy lines. Let me ask you this, all these civil rights activists, what do you think they do how women are treated over there, African Americans, minorities, gays? They push them off of buildings. Women can't vote over there. They now, we're back to the old Afghan ways. They now have to, they can't even drive a car. When they leave the house, they have to be accompanied by a male. They can't go to school. All the judges, all the female judges that were, that had jobs over there, they can't work. They're by a terrorist attack against them. But, but the, <clears throat> the awful sin is that so many people lost their lives over there. So many Americans, service people lost their lives over there. And if I was a mom and my son or daughter had lost their life over there, it would be all for nothing at this point yeah. because now it's worse, worse than it was when we were trying when we first went in. And you know, I pray. We oh, he's get blaming a, Trump. An attack, but you got to get out by May first. Acknowledge him is we'd be putting a lot more forces in. Yeah, what else has he done that yeah. Trump? Do uh, you know, said we should do absolutely nothing. Uh, uh, and people fear Trump. People fear Trump. Trump would have told those guys, look, you come into this city, I'm, we're just going to bomb the heck out of you. And he talked about all the leverage that we have with Afghanistan. Where is that? Where is the over-horizon capabilities that we discussed? The issue of whether or not there's competence in terms of whether or not we're dealing with 5G or not. We don't deal with 5G. The fact is that you had two enterprises, two private enterprises, that had one promoting 5G and the other one are airlines. They're private enterprises. They have government regulation, admittedly. And so what I've done is pushed as hard as I can to have 5G folks hold up and abide by what was being requested by the airlines until they could more modernize over the years so that 5G would not interfere with the potential of the landing. So any tower, any 5G tower within a certain number of miles from the airport should not be operative. And that's 
And so I understand, but anything that happens that's consequential is viewed as the government's responsibility. I get that. Am I satisfied with the way in which we have dealt with uh, um, COVID and all the things that, uh, that, that go along with that? Yeah, I am satisfied. The lack of mask, the lack of test. How can you say you're satisfied? I referenced this before. The U.S. the the Sun article. There is a new strain of COVID. It's called the Delta Cron. This article is from January 9th. It was discovered in Egypt. Exactly when we should have moved, and could we have moved a month earlier? Yeah, we could have. With everything else is going they on. call the strain deltacron due to the identification of omnicron like genetic signatures within the delta genomes per bloomberg uh, when we were pushing on uh astrazeneca to provide more vaccines well guess what they didn't have the machinery to be able to do it so i physically went to michigan but before everybody freaks out cyprus health administrator said that the new variant has is not something we should worry about yet. We'll help you do it so that you can produce this vaccine more rapidly. I think that's pretty hands-on stuff. We also said right now, when people, the hospitalizations are, are, are overrunning hospitals and you have docs and nurses out because of COVID, they have COVID. We put thousands of people back in, in those hospitals. Look at all the, marine, all the military personnel we have there first responders nobody is ever organized nobody is ever organized a strategic operation to get as many shots and arms by opening clinics and keeping and being able to get so many people vaccinated what i'm doing now is not just getting significant amounts of, of vaccines to the rest of the world but they now need the mechanical way is how they get shots and arms so we're providing them the know how to do that now, should everybody in America know that? No, I don't necessarily know that. They're just trying to figure out how to put three squares on the table and stay safe. But, yeah, in, so, your, in your world. I, 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 I do think <laughs> the, the place where I was a little disappointed, I wish we could have written it differently, is when we did the legislation to provide the funding for COVID and the money we provided for the states to be able to deal with keeping schools open. Some of them didn't do a very good job. Some are still holding the money. I don't have the authority to do anything about that. I think that's not particularly competent. There's things that could and should have been done. It could have moved faster. So I, uh, um, I understand the frustration. You know, I, I remember. Uh, um, one, I one thousand, was, two, one thousand. Cabinet members saying to Barack Obama where something was going on. And he said, well, you're going to be sure, Mr. President, of the millions of employees you have out there, somebody's screwing up right now. Somebody's screwing up. So, it, you know, it's just It's a, not my fault. I think you have to look at things <laughs> that we used to look at on balance. <laughs> what is the trajectory of the country? Is it moving in the right direction? No. I don't know how we can say it's not. Yeah, uh, I understand the overwhelming that article that I was referencing before the Newsweek article said that it was not. And COVID, I get it. But the idea—if I told you when we started, I tell you what I'm going to do. First year, I'm going to create over 600 or six million jobs. I'm going to get unemployment down to 3.9 percent. I'm going to generate, and I named it all. You'd look at me like you're nuts. Maybe I'm wrong. 
president, at least in our recent memory, with as much Washington experience as mm. you've entered this office with. But yet, after we sit here for more than an hour, I'm not sure I've heard you say if you would do anything differently in the second year of your term. Do you plan to do anything differently? Yeah, well, good question. Are you satisfied with your team here at the White House? Sir? I'm satisfied with the team. There's three things I'm going to do differently now that I will now that I've gotten the critical crises out of the way in the sense of that movement, knowing exactly where we're going. Number one, I'm going to get out of this place more often. I'm going to go out and talk to the public. I'm going to do public fora. I'm going to interface with them. I'm going to make the case of what we've already done, why it's important, and what we'll do if what will happen if they support what else I want to do. Number two, I'm bringing in more and more now that I have time. I mean, literally, like, like you, it's, I'm not complaining. It's, you know, 12, 14 hours a day, no complaints. I really mean that sincerely. But now that certain of the big chunks have been put in place and we know the direction, I'm also going to be out there seeking the more advice of experts outside, from academia to editorial writers to think tanks, and I'm bringing them in, just like I did early on, bringing in... Uh, presidential historians to get their perspective on what we should be doing. Seeking the more courts. input, more information, more constructive criticism about what I should and shouldn't be doing. And the third thing that I'm going to be doing a lot more of is being in a situation where I'm able to bring, I'm, I'm going to be deeply involved in the off these off-year elections. We're going to be raising a lot of money. We're going to be out there making sure that we're helping all of those candidates and scores them have already asked me to come in and campaign with them to go out. And I, I love that. We're, that's OK. But when uh, Republican asked Donald Trump to come in, then they're an wrong. awful person. Yeah. yeah. And, and it'll be interesting to see who really does have him come along. I'm happy to stick around. You always ask me the nicest question. Can you? I know you do. <laughs> All right. I, None of them make a lot of sense to Peter you. Peter Ducey. Well, let's let's try. Fire away. Come on. Can you imagine year. if Trump said uh, that about a? Why are you uh, trying so hard? In your a member of the press. To pull the country so far to the left. Great question. Well, I'm not. That's I don't not know true. What you consider to be too far to the left? If in fact we're talking about making sure that we had the money for COVID, making sure we had the money to put together the bipartisan infrastructure, making sure we were able to provide for those things that, in fact, would significantly reduce the burden on working class. I would call giving going into the left is trying to rig elections by attempting to diminish voting laws. Um, new Green Deal, Socialism, uh, Build Back Better plan, just trying to shove everything we want into it. I'm not a socialist. Yes, you are. I'm a mainstream Democrat, and I have Education. Education. It, all, it starts in the schools. Notice. These poor kids are being taught all this stuff that is just going to change the direction of this country. Everything and it's going gonna, it's gonna to split families, and it's going to cause division. You were asked whether or not you believed that we would have free and fair elections in 2022 if some of these state legislatures are we questioning elections here voting protocols you said that it depends uh, do you do you think that 
they would in any way be illegitimate. Oh, oh. oh yeah, I think it easily could be, be uh, illegitimate. Oh, oh a future no. election, no. illegitimate. This has to be canceled. We need to take this off of off of YouTube and everything. Imagine if, in, in regards to 2022, sir, the midterm Oh, 2022. I mean, uh, imagine if those uh, attempts to say that uh, the count was not legit. Hmm. Where yeah, have I heard this before? We're going to discard. Discard certain votes. ones. Yep. Sure. It, 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 I'm not saying election that. officials aren't allowed to watch, oversee the count. Machines are plugged into Ethernet that shouldn't be plugged into Ethernet. Reforms passed, but I don't. The most mail-in ballots ever. I don't think you're going to see the Democratic Party give up on can go coming back at assuming. I just like them when they come in alpha in numerical order. You know, you talk, you campaigned and, and you ran on a return to civility. And I know that you dispute the characterization that you called folks who would oppose those voting bills um, as being Bull Connor or George Wallace. But you said that they would be sort of in the, the same the camp. same camp. No, yes. I didn't say that. Look yes. what I said. Go back and read what I said. Wow. Ooh, Tell anger. me. Anger. You think I called. Anyone who voted on the side of the position taken by Bull Connor that they were Bull Connor. I'll have to post that on my Facebook. He did. And that is an interesting reading of English. You, you, I assume you got into, into journalism because you like to write. So did you expect that that would work with Senators Manchin or, or Cinema? Um, no, here's argument? the thing. There's certain things that are so consequential. Now, Mom, you had some experience with elderly individuals you were in uh health and care for a while is mm -hmm. yeah. this outlash of anger this out of nowhere i mean the guy is asking a decent no question one. about things that he said in the past no would that yes. be related to dementia yeah it's it's definitely dementia um they get very frustrated. Now, now we're not saying we're we're. I'm not a doctor. Not saying, You're not a doctor. Not saying, we're not saying Joe Biden has dementia or anything. But something that elderly individuals who have dementia, they tend to lash out in anger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they're frustrated. Um, they they're frustrated. I mean, they're trying to say something and they can't, or um, they don't like. I mean, you could just say anything, and it could it could trigger them trigger. to be upset. I'm gonna yeah, go. I'm gonna go. yeah. Like you could say, "Oh, look at that gray-haired, you know, rabbit," and they'd be like, "Oh, you know, I have gray hair." Mm. You know, mm -hmm. they would be a. It's 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 touching. They get very touchy, and if you notice, okay. as this press conference goes on, his posture gets. He's uh, very tired, leaning on the podium. Very tired. He leans on a book. He puts his head down, trying to. Yes, listen to them mm -hmm. um it's very sad it's just sad it's, i i personally personally i think joe biden is sick i think the man has uh problems i would love to see him take a cognitive test we had to have trump take a cognitive test aced it i would love to see joe biden take one um and i'd like to ask you um why it is during your three and a half hour virtual summit in november with the chinese president you didn't press for transparency and also in, whether that has anything to do with, with your son's coke. involvement in an investment firm. Oh. <laughs> the answer is that we did, I did raise the question of transparency. About COVID? I spent a lot of time with him. And he, uh, the fact is that they're just not, they're just not being transparent. Okay. And second part? Transparency on the coronavirus origins. 
Yes. And does that have anything to do with your son? You did during yeah. the virtual summit. Is there a reason your press staff was unaware of that? <laughs> what did you say to well, the Chinese president? And they weren't with me the, whole, the entire time. Look, I made it clear that I thought that China had an obligation to be more forthcoming on exactly okay. what the source of the virus was and where it came from. Okay, and now yes. Hunter? Oh, we're not going to answer questions about Hunter? Mr. President, I no, would like Hunter's to ask about what? policy. One of the first priority uh, that you declared when you came to office was to end the war in Yemen, the catastrophic war in Yemen. Uh, you appointed a special envoy. Today, one of your allies, United Arab Emirates, is asking your administration to put back the Houthi rebels or militias back on the terror list. Are you going to do that? And how are you going to end the war in Yemen, sir? The answer is uh, it's under consideration, and ending the war in Yemen takes the two parties to be involved to do it, and uh, it's going to be very difficult. Does anybody else have the kahunas to ask about Hunter Biden? Thank you very much for this honor. James Rosen with Newsmax. I'd like to, um, I'd like to raise a delicate subject, uh, but with utmost respect for your life accomplishments and the high office you hold. A poll released this morning by Politico Morning Consult found 49% of registered voters disagreeing with the statement, Joe Biden is mentally fit. Wow. Not even a majority of Democrats who responded uh, strongly affirmed that statement. Wow. Well, I'll let you all make the judgment whether they're correct. Now, so I the reference I a Newsweek article. Let me finish. A Newsweek is, poll. Why do you suppose such large segments of the American electorate have come to harbor such profound concerns about your cognitive fitness? Thank you. I have no idea. Yes, sir. <laughs> that was a great, great answer. Uh, thanks, Mr. President. I appreciate it. Just wait, just um, wait. I, I sort of if address. somebody was questioning my cognitive ability. <laughs> would you have a little bit more to say? <laughs> I would be like, what, do, what, am, what am I doing? Like, what have I done? Like, if I'm not aware of it, what am I, like, I would be concerned. Yeah. Uh, not only to drive or to take care of my grandchildren or whatever, mm. but maybe to run a country. I would be like, <laughs> oh, gosh, what, you know, I would really have to take a look at myself. And he doesn't look. He's not very, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not very introspective about looking at himself. <laughs> I just, where is the outcry for him to take the same cognitives that we had to have Trump take? Well, you know, and the whole thing with Hunter, I've heard that if 17% of people knew yes. about the Hunter, China, the laptop, money, laptop, everything, they, they would have voted. voted for him. Yes. Which is, which is enough to, Swing an election. Exactly. But the media, the media kept that at bay. I don't think there, now see how he's leaning? Yep. I mean he's tired he's getting he's tired. tired but I will say he's been talking for an hour and twenty six minutes. I mean this is we've been here for a long time. He has. He probably needs some water. I haven't seen him drink. Uh, yep, they should and as a son. This is where Hunter Biden should be. Hunter Biden should be standing right here next to him with water, with a uh, Nutri-Grain bar. 
Yes. Whatever. It would have been great. Yes. They could have they could have played it up great. Hunter Biden could have came out first and said, you know, my dad's gonna come out here and talk. I'd like to bring. Jeff, don't get hurt, man. No, no, I'm, I'm gonna... You know, before I knew anything about Trump, I was always taken. Uh, I, I was always taken aback by his kids, kids being at the, everything. 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 And I am not saying that Trump is easy to deal with or no. that he. Always is, right. No, always I'm not right saying that. Or yep. always nice or shouldn't, you know, tone down a bit. But he ran this country like a company and mm -hmm. it was successful. And secondly, um, are you entertaining the thought of a summit with Vladimir Putin as a way to perhaps try and put this whole thing to bed, address their concerns and negotiate a way out of this? The last part, the last question, yes, when we talked about whether or not we picked the three meetings we talked about. New York Times article, January 17th, talked about Russia starting to thin its individuals in the embassy. When they were asked about it by the U.S. and Ukraine, they said that the embassy was acting at normal capacity and that it was part of um, U.S. Ukraine propaganda. This could end up being. Look, the only war that's worse than one that's intended is one that's unintended. And what I'm concerned about is this could get out of hand, very easily get out of hand because of what you said, the borders of the of Ukraine and what Russia may or may not do. I am hoping that. Vladimir Putin understands that he is short of a full-blown nuclear war. He's not in a very good position to dominate the world. And so I don't think he thinks that. But it is a concern. And that's why we have to be very careful about how we move forward and make it clear to him that there are, there are prices to pay that could, in fact, cost his country an awful lot. But I, of course you have to be concerned when you have you know, uh, nuclear power invading. If he invades, it hasn't happened since World War Two. Putin. The thing about Joe Biden is Joe Biden thinks other world leaders think like him. Joe Biden cares a lot about what people think about him. Putin does not. <laughs> two years have passed since the beginning of the global coronavirus outbreak, and you again today acknowledge that Americans are frustrated and they're tired. Based on your conversations with your health advisors, what type of restrictions do you imagine being on Americans this time next year? And what does the new normal look like for social gatherings and travel to you? Well, the answer is, I hope the new normal will be that we don't have, still have 30 some million people not vaccinated. I hope the new normal is people have seen what their own interest is and have taken advantage of the of what we have available to us. Number two, with the pill that is a problem that appears to be as, as according to a Rassum reports, seems to be that you're going to be able to deal with this virus in a way that after the fact you have an ability to make sure you don't get so you won't get very sick. Number three, um, I would hope that what happens is the rest of the world does what I'm doing and provide significant amounts of the vaccine to the rest of the world, because it's not sufficient that we just have this country not have the virus or be able to control the virus. 
but that that was another thing I did like about Trump too. America first policy. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I want to do, we're, we're contemplating figuring out how to do. Not, we are contemplating how to get done, and that is how do we move in a direction where the world itself is vaccinated. It's hmm. not enough just to vaccinate 340 million, fully vaccinate 340 million people in the United States. That's not enough. It's not enough to do it yet. We have to do it, and we have to do a lot. Mom, has he said anything about crime yet? I haven't heard anything about no. crime. Nope, nothing about crime. Providing vaccines and available. Uh, he skimmed around the question about Hunter. A lot of Russia, a lot of COVID. And I should have said this before, Francesca Chambers McClatchy. How do you plan to win back moderates and independents who cast a ballot for you in 2020, but polls indicate are unhappy with the way you're doing your job now? I don't believe the polls. Then why have you been referencing them this entire press conference? <laughs> well, why don't you just go down the road there? Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, follow up on some of the questions about the vaccination program. We, you've given dozens of speeches this year urging Americans to get vaccinated. You've talked to reluctant Republicans. You've said it's people's patriotic duty. There've been very few mentions of the fact that young children under the age of five still in the third year of this pandemic in this country don't have access to the vaccine. Can you speak to frustrated parents a little bit about why that continues to be the case and when that might change? Because the science hasn't reached the point where they convinced that in fact it is safe. So that's what they're doing now. You could have asked me that. I got asked that question about uh, three months ago about people between the ages of, you know, seven and 12. Well, it finally, they've got to the point where they felt. This Newsweek uh, survey again that I've been referencing just about this entire time. Question 12. When it comes to information about COVID-19, which of the following sources would you say you trust the most? 63.2% of individuals trust their own doctor. I would encourage anybody who has any questions about COVID, getting their child vaccinated. If you have COVID, talk to your own doctor. Don't listen to the media. Don't listen to me. I've never been to medical school. I haven't done an internship. I'm not a doctor. Given Senator Manchin's opposition to it, that the extension of that is likely one of those components that may have to wait until sometime down the line. There's two really big components that I feel strongly about that I'm not sure I can get in the package. One is the child care tax credit, and the other is uh, help for cost of community colleges. They are massive things that I've run on, I care a great deal about, and I'm going to keep coming back at whatever four I get to be able to try to get chunks of all of that done. Yes, sir, next man next to you, left. Thank you, Mr. President. My name is Pedro Rojas. I'm with Univision National News. Uh, this is actually my first press conference here. As a Good to meet you in person. We always have long press conferences. Awesome. No. Awesome. <laughs> I got a couple of questions for you. Number one, uh, you said that you want to convey your message by getting out there in the country. I wonder if you're planning on traveling also to South America and other countries in the, in the Western Hemisphere, uh, given the fact that China has, has gained a lot of influence in the region. And the second question is, what will be your message for residents in this country that are struggling every time they go to the gas station, every time mm. they go to the grocery store and see the prices going high, mm. and the pharmacy? I, I happen to come from South Texas where I saw a lot of, a lot of people struggling financially in the last few months. And so I think you... It's not Biden's fault, it's big meat. You want to spread to them. 
Well, I try to express, I've asked, I, I try to answer that seven different ways today about how to deal with inflation. Um, but let me uh, answer the first question. I spent a lot of time in South America and in Latin America. When I was vice president, I spent the bulk of my eight years basically in Europe and or. It's a, it's a shame Is he can't true? get that. I, d I don't know, it, but it's a shame that he can't get this border thing under control. And, uh, I mean, yes, I know he put Kamala in charge, but there's a point where if Kamala doesn't do anything, that, that has to reflect what he's doing. I mean... Central America, to be able to help them with their ability to deal with the inter... The people don't sit around in, in uh, Guatemala and say, I got a great idea. Let's sell everything we have, give the money to a that's a coyote take us across a, a that's exactly what they do into the united us, states sneak us across the border yep. drop us in the desert won't that be fun that's exactly what's Maybe happening because they have real problems and one of the things i've done when i was a vice president got support with although i don't have much republican support anymore is provide billions of dollars to be able to i thought he didn't believe the surveys and how are you going to reform your own system? And that's what we've worked on a long time. It still needs a lot more work, and we're focusing on that. I also believe I've spent a lot of time talking about and dealing with policy having to do with Maduro, who is a little more than a dictator right now. And the same thing in Chile, and, Af and, uh, and not the same thing, but with Chile as well as Argentina. So look. I made a speech a while ago when I was vice president saying that if we were smart, we have an opportunity to make the Western Hemisphere a united, not united, a democratic hemisphere. And we were moving in the right direction under, our, under the last administration, the Obama-Biden administration. No, not Trump. But so much damage was done consequence of the foreign policy decision. Do you know how much he would unite this country if he were to say one decent thing about Trump or not just blame everything on him? Well, he did say something positive that, about Trump. That the vaccine his... was created under yes. Trump, yes. yes. But he did. if he were to say that, let's just say he said that like every news conference, I, I mean, I wouldn't have anything to say against the guy. I'd be like, well, at least he gives Trump, Trump credit for that. It'd be a great talking point if I was a liberal Larry or Linda. Well, it's sad because he's doing so poorly that all the the uh, liberal news, liberal Larrys, liberal Lindas are talking about is January 6th. That's oh, that's all it. Got. Yeah, that's all that's we got to talk they about. Have. We have to work very hard on it. Which has, not, which has not come up during this press conference. I haven't heard January 6th. That's a little odd. Yes, down on the back. And then I'll go to this side, okay? Thank you, Mr. President. Alexander Nazarian, Yahoo News. Um, and thank you for holding this press conference. I hope there's more of them. Um, <laughs> Anytime you have extra three hours, we can do it. We'll stay for a couple more. Um, you said you were surprised by Republican obstruction of your agenda. But didn't the GOP take exactly the same tactic oh. when you were vice president to Barack Obama? So what, what about the Democrats taking the exact same tactic when Trump was president? Any differently than they treated him? Hmm. First of all, they weren't nearly as obstructionist as they are now, number one. They stated that, 
but you had a number of Republicans we worked with closely. From John McCain, I mean, a number of Republicans we worked closely with. Even back in those days, uh, Lindsey Graham. Um, and so the difference here is there seems to be a desire to work with them. And I didn't say my agenda. I'm saying, what are they for? What, what is their agenda? They had an agenda back. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. We want fair trade. We want all laws applied equally. If you don't like the law, change it. Outraged about the tax structure we have in America. What are they proposing to do about it? We want limited government. We heard anything? I mean anything? I haven't heard anything. The American public is outraged about the fact that we're the 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 state of the environment. The vast majority of the public. What have they done to do anything to ameliorate the climate change that's occurring other than to deny it exists? So what I'm saying is the difference between then and now is not only the announcement oh, that was I'll made. I'll tell you they didn't fly 100 Obama, private jets to the Paris Climate Accord. But what eventually yeah. happened, we were able to get some things done. We were able to work through some things. On the stuff that was really consequential in terms of ideologically divisive, it was a real fight. But so, but I don't think there's a time when I, I mean, I wonder what would be the Republican platform right now? What do you think? What do you think your position on taxes are? Lower taxes, small government. What do you think position on, on human rights? What do you think their position Fair and equal on trade. Whether or not. Uh, Allow uh, people to. What we should do about the cost of prescription drugs. Pump gas, pump natural gas, find a cheap way to get it to our European allies in Canada. What they're for, yet I know a lot of these Investigate the Wuhan China lab. And I know they do have things they want to support. Whether they're things I want or not. See, I think what's happened to the culture is that there's so much pushback to like traditional... It's important, but a small item. Traditionalism yeah. that you have to fight back because... All this wokeness and you're a racist and I'm gonna cancel yes. you and all yes. of that is it, it is it makes you fight back. I mean, mm -hmm. it makes you stand harder. One supports the Republican and/or supports the president, of the, the former president of the United States. I don't know how we can't look at what happened on January. 6th. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. There it is. The January 6th is a problem. I want all of our government officials. The worst part about January 6th that I believe is that for some reason the National Guard was not called up and we showed all of our enemies, every single terrorist out there, every individual who hates America, how easy it is to get into the Capitol. And I want... I need. I want people question, why was the National Guard not called up? Donald Trump approved it. And it was up to Nancy Pelosi and the D.C. mayor to make the next step. And why did that not happen? Uh, and, the, you know, obviously that issue has a lot of traction with suburban parents, um, as I think what we saw in Virginia. Lie? I'm confused by the question. I'm sorry. Well, well, that could school reopenings or closures become a potent midterm issue for Republicans to win back the suburbs? Yes. Oh, I think it could be. But I hope with God that they're uh, that. Look. Maybe I'm kidding myself, but as time goes on, the voter who is just trying to figure out, as I said, 
how to take care of their family, put three squares on the table, stay safe, be able to pay their mortgage or their rent, et cetera, uh, has, is becoming much more informed on the... Um, 1, 1,000, 2, 1,000, 3, 1,000, Some of the political players mm. and some of the... He's getting tired. And the political parties. And I think that they are not going to be as susceptible. Hunter Biden should be standing up there next to him, should be handing him a glass of water and said, Dad, let me take a couple of questions. And continue to be said. You know, every, every president, not necessarily in the first 12 months, but every president in the first couple of years, most every president, excuse me, of the last presidents, at least four of them, have had polling <laughs> numbers that are 44% favorable. So it's this idea that, but you all, not you all, but now it is with Biden's that one poll showed him at 33%. The average is 40, 44, mm-hmm. 45%. One poll him at 49%. I mean, the idea that... Um, the American public mm. are trying to sift their way through what's real and what's and what's fake and i don't think as uh i've never seen a time when Gosh. the political coverage the, the choice of what political he is getting tired voter looks mm-hmm. to trying to form sentences get stuff together what they believe they go to get reinforced in their views, whether it's uh, MSNBC or whether it's Fox. But it's, it's been an hour and 44 and minutes. I mean, that's a long time. I find fascinating that's happening, and you all are dealing with it every day, and it will impact on, on how things move, is that uh, a lot of the speculation and the polling data shows that the... Um, that the uh, I had to in college I had to I took a public speaking class I had to give uh, our final project we were split into groups of four and we had to give a presentation for the entire class a group presentation it was an hour long and it was it was tough in the next four to five years I don't know if that's true or not but I do know that we have sort of uh, put everybody in put themselves in certain alleys and they decided that you know, how many people who watch MSNBC also watch Fox and then they're a politician trying to find out what's going on in both places? How many people, again, I'm no expert. I would like to think I do a pretty good job on that. Everybody on my Facebook and Tumblr page, I only posted one Fox article so far. And the only reason I posted it was because I wanted to post an article that had uh, the quotes the direct quotes for the walk, Waukesha, the individual driving, he, there was a Hitler comment that I could not find anywhere else except for the Fox News article. The nature of the way things get covered has, in my observation over the years I've been involved in public life, changed. And it's changed because of everything from a thing called the Internet. Mm-hmm. It's changed because of the way in which uh, we have self-identified perspectives based on what channel you turn on, what 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 network you look at, not network, what, what cable you look at. 
and it's um, it's never quite been like that. Anyway. On, on behalf of the Correspondents Association, thank you very much for, for, for standing for our questions. We hope the public has found it as enlightening as uh, those of us in the room have. I want to ask you, <laughs> oh sir, about goodness. one of the over- I can still stand. It's amazing. It is amazing. We, we very much do. So uh, the, the question I want to ask you gets to accountability, sir, uh, on one of the top public concerns, of course, which is the coronavirus and the, pub, the government's response to it, whether it's confusion over what style of mask to mm-hmm. wear, when to test, how to test, where to test, uh, you know, the, the, the public is confused, sir, and you see that in, in, in the drop-off in the polling on this question. Why did you tell Jeff that you were satisfied with your team? Why are you not willing to make or, or interested in making any changes, uh, either at the CDC or other agencies, given the fact that the messages have been so confusing? Well, first of all, I'm actually surprised that this was brought up. In a um, couple days before this press conference, I have a, I'm looking at a... CDC new guidelines, they say that cloth masks do not work against COVID. This is on, this was published on the 17th. Capacity of the CDC. Well, she came along and said, look, I'm not, a, I mean, I'm a scientist and I'm learning. I'm learning how to this deal a, with. This is a Newsweek article. It is posted on my Facebook. It states that loosely woven cloth masks provide the lowest level of protection and that respirator masks that are provided by the National Institution of Occupational Safety and Health provide the highest level of protection for participants including from particles including the virus that causes COVID. Anything else? I mean, uh, as this was a brand new virus. Yes. Yes. Brand new phenomenon. And if they didn't tell us what to do and ask for grace and didn't pretend like they knew everything, I would have given them a little bit more grace. But I've been shoved, it's been shoved down my throat that I am wrong, that the only opinion that matters is what the federal government tells me. And they have flip flopped all over the place. They have been wrong countless and countless times. Operation Warp Speed. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Pretty amazing how rapidly they came up with a vaccine that saved hundreds of thousands of lives. Did everything get right? No. And by the way, it's nice to hear someone admit that. We, anyway, I'm talking too much. Thank you, Mr. Yes, President. Ma'am. I have two really simple questions. I promise. <laughs> You campaigned on canceling $10,000 in student loans. Do you still plan to do so and when? And then my second question is, now that you've clarified the Bull Connor comments, do you plan to reach out to Republicans like Mitt Romney to talk about reforming the Electoral Count Act? Yes, I'm happy to speak out. I've, I've met with Rip, I've talked to Mitt on other occasions. And by the way, I reached out to the, the, minority, the minority leader as well at the time this, that he they made his speech. And so um, I have no reluctance to reach out to any Republican and anyone who, and I've made it clear, look, I've now had the opportunity to travel because of funerals and eulogies I've made and attended and congressmen and senators who've come along with me. I don't, don't hold me to the number, but somewhere between 20 and 25 senators and congresspersons have traveled with me. 
and I find you should get the list of them and ask what how we I you know set for the two three four five hours that we've flown together sit back in the in that conference table and talk to them ask them questions they ask me questions I learn a heck of a lot but as president you don't quite have that ability to do that as often as I'd like to be able to do it um, and one of the things that I do think that has been made clear to me speaking of polling is the public doesn't want me to be the president's senator. They want me to be the president. Yes. And let senators be senators. Yes. And so if I've made, I've made many mistakes, I'm sure. If I've made a mistake, I'm used to negotiating to get things done. And I've been, in the past, relatively successful at it in the United States Senate, even as vice president. But I think that role as president is, is a different role. Folks, it is now uh, almost six. With, with all due respect, I'm going to see you next conference, okay? Thank you. All right, well, um, that was interesting, very long. I'm surprised he talked for so long. Uh, I w that, that was pretty impressive to sit up there and uh, ramble for, what was it, an hour and 51 minutes? I mean, almost two hours. Uh, I will say I was a little impressed by that. Um, you know, Donald Trump would stand up there and basically answer questions until uh, reporters didn't have any questions left. Uh, and when you do a large press conference like this so far and few in between, you the questions are backed up. They're piled up. So, you know, one question after another, after another, after another. Um, one thing that did not come up, uh, Supreme Court did not come up. I, you know, I, I really thought that was an, a big issue. Uh, I I, wa I wanted it to come up more during the debates. Here we are a year into President Biden's um, presidency, and I know very little about what he wants to do with the Supreme Courts. And, Mom, you keep reminding me, I appreciate this, of uh, crime. How can we pursue happiness if I have a knife in my back? How am I able to get up and go to work if people are stealing my car? I mean, crime is just crazy in this country and this defund this defund the police movement is obviously a failure i had a friend that went to new york over the holidays and the big thing was don't get on the subway don't get on the sub yep it's so scary it's very scary and there's so much crime yep and they push you in front of in front of uh the subway cars yep, yep. and there was a woman that was raped Not, nobody Nobody tried to help her. Nobody tried to stop it. Nope. You just in LA, they're just walking out of the stores with what is nope. it, nine hundred and ninety nine dollars worth of yeah. stuff as long as yes. you don't go over a thousand. Exactly. And and you know, as soon as you give a little bit of leeway, they're gonna push and push and push and push. So mm -hmm. you have to stop it. I mean, this soft on crime thing, it it I guess it was a great trial but it obviously it has failed we need to get hard back on crime violent criminals and repeat offenders cannot be out on the street especially when we're talking about violent sexual predators they these individuals they need to go away for a long time if not rot in prison and i especially feel sorry for people who are in the lower income neighborhoods um, oh yes because you know, the crime there has always been more. And, you know, now the police, you know, aren't even welcome there or, you know, don't go there. 
um, it's, it's just, it's very, very sad. I mean, you know, when I was growing up, you respected the police and what they did and what they stood for. And, you know, they were almost like superheroes. And now, um, you know, if you can kill one or shoot one in the face, you know, you're, yep. then you're then you're the hero. And I, I wonder how being soft on crime, I wonder how that helps the civil rights movement. And, and you know, I, I, you know, you rob these stores. I get it. You rob the stores and you're like, oh, you know, it's a write-off for them. Then, you know, and they have insurance. It doesn't affect them at all. Which, but, but if you are a small business owner, and let's just say they came in and they stole stuff, someone might come in who wants to buy that thing that you just stole and they don't have anymore because they stole it. So, therefore, they're going to lose that profit. And, again, we're talking about these individuals spending time to write these police reports, to try to file the insurance thing, giving every single proof that they can to try to get reimbursed for the theft. So, I mean, you really are helping your, you really are hurting uh, your own people. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, cr crime is also really going to add to the inflation also. Yes. Because if, if you get things stolen and your insurance doesn't cover it, then you're going to have to up, you know, the price of your other items um, and to, the consumer's going to gonna have to pay for it. Yep, yep, yep. Any any increase in anything is going to be passed on to the consumer, and you may not see that as a tax, but I mean, me having to pay more is, is definitely going to hurt. And uh, you know, I I hope Joe Biden keeps to his promises. Maybe him getting out a little bit more. I think it's funny that he that's something he wants to work on during election year. Um, but you know, that might help him that might open his eyes to what actual Americans are hurting from what Americans are actually suffering from so well I was glad to see him do the press conference I yes. was glad to see him go for almost two hours mm -hmm. but it did show his frailty yes as he was getting tired as anybody would anybody, uh, anybody would, would. Tired. I'm tired but, I'm tired yeah. and all we've done is watched and commented on it for right. two hours right but it definitely saw his posture change. His mm -hmm. he got the, the anger. Yeah, he got snippy with people. Um, you know, it's not a good look. No, no. But again, mom, thank you so much for doing this with me. Like I said, this is important to me. I like I I, I get so overwhelmed with what the media tells me that I'm like, all right, I want to go watch it for myself. Like Fox News, you know, turn off Fox News, turn off CNN. Don't I don't really want to listen to what other people let me sit and watch it. And then what's interesting is when you sit down with a liberal Larry or Linda or a conservative and you watch this and you can sit there and quote stuff that he's talked about what he's going to do and they haven't. I mean, they're lost. They have no idea. <laughs> so I would encourage anybody. I'm going to post this on my Facebook Um Go to Facebook or Tumblr, search the Chubby Caucasian Christian Closet Conservative. Everything that my mom and I have referenced there um, is going to be on there. This this press conference is going to be on there. This press conference, if you go to the uh, White House YouTube page, that is an open source public domain. You are more than welcome to go in there. You can use any sort of clip video thing and download it from their YouTube page. That is perfectly legal. It is a government issued video that we have rights to view and download and have have copies of so again mom thank you so much for uh joining thank me and doing me. this with me it's been a lot of fun i'm glad i hope great. we all learned something um it's been great we're, it's been you know we're very proud of you um and we love you and um 
you know, I look forward to doing this again. Yes, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Okay. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Thank you, Mom, for doing this again with me. I just want to thank all of my listeners. It's important to sit down and listen to these press conferences in a whole so that you can get the full context of it. That way, when you get into discussion with your liberal Larry or Linda, you're able to quote directly from their press conference, talk about things that Joe Biden said in his own words. So I would just like to encourage everybody to rate, like, comment, and subscribe. I can be found on YouTube rumble wherever you get your podcast everything that we've referenced including the press conference itself is going to be on our my facebook page and my tumblr page so just go to facebook tumblr youtube wherever you get your podcast search the chubby caucasian christian closeted conservative and look for my eagle i had a family member paint that eagle and i loved it so much that she gave me the original now she's having some difficulty right now i'm not asking you to buy anything i'm just Encouraging you just to go over to her Redbubble account and just look at some of her beautiful pieces of art. We bought a a couple of prints for Christmas and everything, and they all turned out beautiful. So please, just go on over and check it out. And we will see you later.